0: Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap iPhone.
1: Coming up on DTNS, Yelp really wants to help you find your favorite spot. Is Microsoft gearing up for a dual screen device and why open sourcing voice AI will help us all? august 27th 2019 from studio p line i'm Sarah lane
2: and from a personal place of happiness because i got a haircut i'm patrick beja
0: i'm the show's producer roger chang and i'm amos assisting in today's production
1: excellent kind of funny patrick you you managed to avoid tom for two weeks in a row now very tricky of you
0: Hmm.
2: I wonder <laughs> if he might not be the one avoiding me, the real <laughs> Frenchman of the show.
1: Uh, Tom Merritt is out today. He's doing a special night attack. Uh, with our with our buddies in Austin, he will be back on the show tomorrow. But Patrick, your haircut looks very nice.
2: Thank you. Much nicer than no haircut, which was last week.
1: Before the show, we were talking about uh, music genres. What is emo? Does emo still exist? Who is Eeyore? to you, <laughs> and much more? If you're interested, you can get the wider conversation in our expanded show, Good Day Internet, by becoming a member at Patreon.com/slash/dtns. For now, though, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Former Google Autonomous Vehicle Research Engineer Anthony Lewandowski was charged by federal prosecutors Tuesday with 33 counts of theft and attempted theft of trade secrets. These charges are from the United States Attorney's Office in the Northern District of California and are the latest in a legal battle involving Google, self-driving car spin-off Waymo, and rival Uber. Lewandowski is accused of downloading more than 14,000 critical files about Google's autonomous vehicle research before leaving the company in 2016 and joining Uber. The the same year when Uber bought his self driving trucking startup Auto. Lewandowski faces a maximum of 10 years in prison, a 250,000 fine for each count, of which there are 33, and additional restitution if he is convicted.
2: Ouch. The BBC is making its own smart voice assistant for use in its website and apps for mobile and smart TVs. The voice assistant called Beeb will also be made available for manufacturers to include in devices like smart speakers. Beeb is planned for launch next year, Govna.
1: Am I the only one who thinks of Justin Bieber every time I hear Beeb? That's what pop music has done to me. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, that's all right. Uh, interesting, though, that uh, BBC is doing that. 9to5Google notes that the original Chromecast seems to be stuck on firmware version 1.36.159268, while all other Chromecasts have the most recent 1.42 firmware. The preview program also shows the first-gen Chromecast getting 1.36 versions. Now, Google did tell 9to5Google that it will continue to update it with bug and security fixes.
2: But that's it.
1: Yeah, so, just yeah. the basics.
2: The Verge reports Facebook is developing a companion app for Instagram called Threads for more intimate sharing between users and their closest friends. Location speed and battery life info is shared along with photos and video messages battery life I guess I know weird well, so you know if you don't get responses that I,
1: I guess better. yeah.
2: In May, Instagram stopped developing, uh, stopped development of Direct, a standalone messaging app in the works since late 2017. Instagram emplo- employees who work on messaging were folded into the Facebook Messenger team earlier this year.
1: You know, speed is another one in that app where I'm like, battery life? And what do I tell you? I'm on a bad connection and you can check and see if that's <laughs> really true. Interesting. Uh, but uh, okay, for your close friends, yeah, anyway, I, I guess those- so uh you need to are... know
2: more about that.
1: Exactly. All right, let's talk a little bit more about some updates coming to the Yelp app. Yelp is offering new filters in its iPhone app to offer results based on things like dietary restrictions, your lifestyle, maybe uh, accessibility needs or preferences you might have have. Yelp will also ask users to pick from things like uh, types of cuisine, types of dishes within cuisines, and then snacks and drinks to get a better overall sense of what you as the user like, and then use that data along with what's open, and nearby to suggest the best spots that also might be dog-friendly or be good for somebody in a wheelchair, for example. The new features are rolling out to 60% of iOS app users today. A full rollout is coming in the fall to iOS, and Android gets a subset of these features, so it's not exactly the same rollout, but we will get full features sometime next year.
2: Uh, First question, why does Android not get the full... I mean, I'm sure there's a technical reason, but... This seems like something, it's so, I'm not a big Yelp user. I'm not a Yelp user at all. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious. Like, it's the kind of brilliant thing that when you hear about it, you start thinking, why wasn't it like that before already?
1: Absolutely. I thought I thought the exact same thing. And I am a not a frequent Yelp user. I probably open the app once or twice a month for some reason. I often am looking up, like... A a restaurant's phone number or something, even if I don't actually plan to read a bunch of reviews at the time. But I thought the same thing. Uh, For something like wheelchair accessibility, that's huge, obviously. Dog-friendly is something that used to not be important to me, now actually is. (laughs) I find myself calling restaurants to be like, yeah, back patio, our dog's cool. Is it in the shade? Uh, But also dietary restrictions. Um, I don't have any currently, but yeah, I mean, if you're vegan, if you're gluten-free, you got a peanut allergy, it's like, you don't even want to see results at places that could cause a concern for you. So these are filters that I'm sort of surprised weren't there either, but Mm. it does make Yelp a better service, at least for 60% of those iOS users.
2: (laughs) And 60% as well. Like if you want to test it out, usually you use a small percentage, 60% is like, yeah, only about half. You know what? Let's not make it half. Half is weird. Let's go just a little bit above half. That will be what we need.
1: Yeah. That way we can say most of our users, (laughs) but it's really just over half very specifically.
2: Fairphone announced the Fairphone 3, which has seven modules meant to make it easier to repair and constructed out of responsibly sourced, conflict-free and recycled materials whenever possible. The Fairphone 2 earned uh, earned it a 10 out of 10 repairability score from iFixit, but the company had to cease support for 2013's Fairphone 1 in 2017 after spare parts became too expensive. Buyers will get incentives for recycling their previous phones when they buy the Fairphone 3 in certain countries, and the company says it's working to improve health, safety, and pay for its factory workers. The Fairphone 3 has a 5.7-inch Full HD display, a 12-megapixel rear camera, and an 8-megapixel front-facing camera. Inside is a Qualcomm Snapdragon 632 processor, so not the fastest and latest one, but still, 4 gigabytes of RAM and uh, 64 gigabytes of storage. The 3000 milliampere hour battery is removable. Availability starts September 3rd across Europe from select retailers and pre-orders directly from Fairphone start today at 450 euros.
1: So not the most expensive phone, but certainly not the same specs as flagship phones. So Fairphone is, is really hoping that consumers who are interested in sustainability and better working conditions um, and a, a more ethical use of materials that go into smartphones really like the ethos of the company. And that's why that they would choose. And also, uh, certainly, the the fact that you could swap out um, a lot of the, the parts uh, due to the modular build. That's also really cool. Although Fairphone isn't the only company to be doing that. Patrick, I know that... People love to turn a blind eye to things like this. Uh, I, I do know that sustainability is the forefront of many sectors, not just the tech sector, but the tech sector, we hear more and more about it and companies um, creating new initiatives and maybe uh, reversing certain policies that they've had that weren't in the best interests of people in the environment. But it's kind of tough when you've got phones, if you've got you know a finite amount of money that are... are or niftier phones, based on what we what we have at the ready.
2: I mean, I love that the option is there. Um, as you said, it's kind of an important thing, and I think where it fails a little bit is that a lot of people say they want these kinds of things, but then when they're giving the, given the option, I doubt most people who actually say it. I mean, most people who say it would actually go out and buy that phone instead of another one. Um, another kind of black eye on the concept is the fact that the first one, which is, uh, you know, after five year, uh, four years uh, on the market, they had to see support because the mm-hmm. spare parts were important, were too expensive. So that kind of defeats the purpose. I think the concept is great. The idea, the intention is great. I'm still to be sold on the actual implementation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although they are on their, their third gen. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's chugging right along.
2: It's a great phone for many, many people. And if you have a choice and that's what you want, then maybe that's what you should get.
1: Absolutely. Netflix announced that The Irishman, a movie directed by Martin Scorsese and starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci, perhaps you've heard of these small indie movie stars, will debut in theaters in the U.S. on November 1st. That's not all. It's also going to U.K. theaters on November 8th and arrive on Netflix on November 27th. That happens to be Thanksgiving Day in the U.S. Now, that is a 27-day theater exclusive, which means that it could be an Oscar contender. I think we looked it up before the show and it was seven, seven days in a theater, absolute minimum. Um, if you Mm -hmm. want, um, the, um, to be in the running for an Oscar, although major theater change require a 90 day exclusive. So you're not going to be able to see the Irishman at AMC theaters, Cineplex theaters, Regal theaters, or Cinemark theaters. So we, it's going to be a limited rollout, but this is, this is new territory for Netflix and it, I have to say, Patrick, I'm excited about the movie just because sounds like my kind of movie. But this seems like a great proof of concept. I mean, you have some of the world's biggest names. You're gonna. It's gotten a lot of buzz, and I think it's it's a great example of Netflix saying, "Let's see how many people will go to the theater before we release it on Netflix." Mm. And a lot of people are gonna watch it on you know Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend anyway because they're just sitting around.
2: So- yeah, this is a big deal for Netflix. I think this is where uh, that industry has been heading towards. And now we're there. I mean, Scorsese, De Niro, it doesn't get any bigger than this, especially for a generation that might look down on uh, a, a you know, service like Netflix. Um, the fact that it's releasing in theaters, I think, is kind of unavoidable for these names. You have to. I don't think they would agree to still do a movie without a the theater release. Um, I suspect I don't know for sure, um, but I think it's a really big deal. Um, Image-wise, I wonder how big a deal it is financially, and I don't mean the budget they uh, put into financing producing the movie, but how much is going to bring in, you know, it's probably not, people are not going to subscribe to Netflix for this. Maybe they're going to stay for it, but um, I think it's more image than uh, business, basically.
1: Yeah, Netflix is probably curious to see how many people who are, just don't have Netflix accounts and we're not going to grab them will go to the theater, you know, so we can we can yeah. maybe figure out what that audience is and tap into it in the future. But yes, I think this is more of Netflix saying we, you know, we're, we're a movie studio. You're going to see us on the yeah. big screen. You're going to see us in our living room.
2: Swatting, where the police are unleashed on an internet user's physical location as a prank often has violent or even deadly consequences. One example, two years ago, after a gamer attempted to send the police to another player's home, sent, uh, uh, sent them to the home of a total stranger who was fatally shot in the confusion. Uh, as of last October, the Seattle Police Department has maintained an anti-swatting registry that lets people who think they might be swatted add their concern to a profile associated with their address with their address uh, if the police uh, to get, do get dispatched. The registry simply adapts an existing rave mobile safety product the police department already uses that connects to a 911 call to the profile of a specific address.
1: Oh, boy! This is a, you actually brought this to our attention, Patrick. um, and this is a story written up in Wired yesterday. Swatting, you know, it, yeah, it's a prank, but it's it's, a, it's the world's I mean, worst. It's just 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 a terrible situation, but it's not going away. And I think that you know the Seattle police department of course is is saying uh, you know we've we're 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 on the mend here. you know, now people who are worried about this can add themselves to a registry. That's a great start. Um so one of the representatives from the police department in this article said, We also happen to have just a really high number of people working in the tech sector here. This is something that we feel might be more prevalent in our neck of the woods than some other major cities. And that there's probably some truth to that. It's not gonna stop you know, a concerned uh police officer or a group of, you know, SWAT team members from going to someone's house. But if you're part of a registry, that's I he mean, you, you have that much more of a sort of like hey think twice before this gets out of control.
2: It it should uh I don't want to say fix the issue but I'm hoping that it will improve it greatly because if you know that the how likely is it that the you know 0.001% of uh people who are concerned about getting Swatted, uh, actually have a dangerous situation unfolding at their home, um, so they're still going to send the the SWAT and uh, the SWAT team, and they're still going to do what they need to. But at least they will be aware, and that's a great way of addressing the issue of swatting, which, you know, we could uh, uh, discuss on its own and is a horrible. A a proof of the horribleness of some human beings, I guess. But um, another thing that was really interesting to me in that uh, article is the fact that the surgeon who put that uh, registry in place, who uh, uh, got it started, Sean Whitcomb, um, is actually a gamer himself. And to me, it says... It's also as much as anything else, a question of generations because he was contacted by a streamer that was concerned and he didn't turn him away or, you know, file the request in a cabinet because he knew what this was. And, um, he was aware of the whole situation. Um, this is also happening in Wichita. I believe there are a couple of cities now doing this and I think it, it won't fix the people idiotic enough to do something like this, but at least it will avoid probably the, the large majority, if not all of the uh, uh, dire consequences. So this is a great, great uh, initiative.
1: Yeah. And, and hopefully we'll shine more light on who might've made a call, right? Uh, if you, if you get a little red flag, like, Oh, wait a second, this could be a swatting yeah. situation. You know, there's less confusion about um, who you might, might actually ask, You might investigate. Be in trouble
2: and you might investigate further you might be wait who are you where are you like want more detail and exactly. and at that point the person might you know because they might be i don't know young kids who don't know better and go like ha ah, and we hang up right um, i don't know but yeah
1: yeah well it's a step in the right direction anyway <laughs> Microsoft sent out e-vites. They weren't e-vites. They were real invites, although they kind of did come in e-vite form in certain cases, to an event October 2nd in New York City, a year after the company's last major Surface hardware launch, featuring the Surface Pro 6 Hybrid and the Surface Studio 2. The Verge notes that Microsoft has been building a dual-screen device codenamed Centaurus, which it demonstrated at an internal meeting back in June. So polling the group... um, be excited about what might be centaurus dual screen device patrick what do you think they're going to announce
2: do you remember the courier uh concept device that they had a few years ago and that was Mm -hmm. killed after the entire world and by that i mean the internet got super excited about it
1: i do um well do do you feel like uh the courier is rising from the ashes here
2: it seems so. Uh, I hope it will be better than what the courier courier was because it's a bit old. But uh, yeah, I think that's the one thing that everyone's excited about. Um, if it is not coming, I feel Microsoft will need to put out a messaging about the fact that it's not coming to temper expectations. Otherwise, people are going to go nuts and they're going to be very disappointed. Uh, because there is a, an appetite for a dual screen device. We don't know why. We don't know how we would use it, but <laughs> we want it. So um, they'd better give it to us or tell us in advance that they won't.
1: Is this something that 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 you want, you personally want, a dual screen device? Because I, I, I'm kind of with you where I go, yeah, it sort of looks like a book, style of support. I like it. Not totally sure why I need it, but it seems like a great form factor, more than something foldable, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, in a sense, it is foldable because it's like two screens and you fold them together. Um, It's, I think, again, there are potential... Uh, uh, uses and coolness out of it, but I still, we're in that uncharted territory. It's again, uh, uh, similar to what foldables are. Uh, we don't quite know exactly what we would use them for in practice beyond the wow factor. Uh, what productivity or usability advantages does it have? We can all imagine some, but it remains to be seen if they are actually uh, beneficial to everyday
1: use. Yeah. Well, on October 2nd, uh, we will learn more and hopefully Microsoft won't say in advance, don't wait for a dual screen device because then we'll see one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess instead of foldable, I meant more of that sort of roll up technology that we've been, mm. that, that, that uh, we've seen dangled in front of our eyes at CESs and the like. Hey folks, to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com <laughs>
2: Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude three model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude three Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence,
0: Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
1: All right, let's talk about voice assistants. Boy, we haven't done that in a while. This is an interesting story, though, uh, because we're going to focus on the fact that voice assistants have some limitations. They've also been criticized for limitations um, that, that speak to gender and racial bias. Uh, in April of this year, there have been many studies uh, about what, what, what the issues might be, what the limitations might be. But a study by New York University's AI Now Institute found that a lack of diverse representation at major tech companies, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, among others, does cause AI to cater more readily to white men, often in Western areas of the world. The report highlighted that only 15% of Facebook's AI staff were women. That goes down to 10% for Google's female AI staff. So you say, all right, we're looking at the numbers. This makes some sense. Mozilla says it wants to solve this problem, created something called Common Voice back in 2017. It's a tool that crowdsources voices, actual human voices as a data set to help diversify our art- artificial intelligence and, and represent more of a global population. It uh, offers its data set, which is growing publicly. Any company can use it for their own research to build and train their own voice-enabled apps. There's more than 2,400 hours of voice data, which is not that much. But again, this is something that can be added to by any of us. 29 language re- languages represented as well. English, French, German, uh, Mandarin, Chinese, Welsh, Kabyle, Hope I'm saying that right? Uh, dialect and Kabil, or, maybe Kabil, yeah, yeah, I know they speak it in Algeria, uh, northern Africa, um, and yeah. Anybody can help d- diversify the vo- vocal rather recognition in this project. You just go to Common Voice. You can res- record yourself reading. You know, maybe you have an accent that you're like, you know, they're always getting this wrong. I want to, I want to contribute to this project, and you can also listen to other people's recordings and verify if they're accurate. Patrick, this sounds like a great idea, especially since, you know, I, I, we are, we're all sort of frequent travelers. We, we have (laughs) friends and colleagues from all over the world and that does matter. This is all, these are all data points that are really important when building AI projects.
2: Well, listen, uh, As a white man in my 40s living in the Western world, I really don't see what the problem is. Uh, (laughs) I speak English and I use my voice assistants in English and it works fine. I mean, as much as it can. So, yes, obviously, um, this is a great uh, initiative again. And it's kind of, you know, as much as some people don't want, don't like to admit it, sometimes um capitalism and the uh company's incentives only go so far. Right. And it's great that we have uh some other types of structures that can um you know do what needs to be done to at least try and um fix, you know, fill the holes that are left by those uh issues. I you know, I would love to see this being more I, I do wonder a little bit if this isn't um, not really putting the cart before the horse, but it, it feels like um, the voice assistants aren't good enough yet that they would require the um the the how can I put this? I don't personally. I don't use them a lot, so I don't I don't see them as useful. Enough that they would, we would need to bring them to everyone because it's kind of a, uh, tech divide issue, right? Everyone should be able to use websites because they're so essential to our lives that I think it's important to think about accessibility there. Voice assistants, I think myself as more, uh, like kind of superfluous gadgets, but this is not about the voice assistance of today. It's about the research that allows uh, those things to work better in the future. So now is the time to get these things going and improve uh, the 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 voice recognition for everyone. Two, three, four, five, ten years down the line.
1: Absolutely, and you know, Mozilla is not the only company who who cares about making AI smarter um, in in their devices. Back in 2017, Amazon introduced an uh, Indian English accent for its voice assistant that allowed it to pronounce Indian words and understand some Indian nuances a little bit better. Google, in a uh, little over a year ago, added uh, Hindi support for its voice assistant. Feature was uh, initially quite limited to just a few queries, has expanded quite a bit since then. Uh, Black in AI is another project creating ways to increase representation of people of color in AI, launched by some folks who used to work at Google back in 2017. So it's not as if to say Mozilla saying, well, no one else except us care. What I like about Common Voice, which is which is the name of this, this project by Mozilla, is that anybody who's like, yeah, this is this is something that I care about. Again, kind of going back to it almost it's like the sustainability conversation we were having a few minutes ago. This is something that that does affect a lot of people. Um, this is going to be a hindrance if it isn't addressed sooner than later. Because uh, smart assistants are on the rise; um, they're becoming more and more a part of people's lives, um, and and coming in at really low price points, depending on the manufacturer. So, this is it, it's cool. I, this is something that I want to participate in. I want to be able to say, yeah i i, I gave I gave some input here, and I helped it become smarter.
2: Um. This is uh, uh definitely the the face recognition strikes me as something even more important. I wonder if there is something in that uh area as well. I guess maybe I should uh research it a little bit. But um I don't know why the voice thing doesn't strike me as important. Maybe it's just my use case that doesn't fit that.
1: Well, you're just not very often misunderstood.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Again, as a uh, white man who speaks English, I don't see what the problem is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, just, just keep living in your bubble there, Patrick. <laughs> hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. We're all kind of a bubble together, but we're a happy one. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also join our Facebook group if you haven't already. Good conversations happen there. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. In the mailbag today, Kevin wrote in and he was uh, giving us a little bit of insight because we were talking yesterday about the idea of Chromebooks uh, for the enterprise and, you know, is something that is a hybrid versus more of, of that standard laptop, something that is a worker might be asking for more often. Says I Kevin says, I currently work uh, IT for K-8 and the majority of student and teacher devices are latitude two and ones. Theoretically, they're being used in tablet mode, but at least in our environment, 99% of the time, they're not. To make matters worse, two-in-ones are also more likely to have mechanical failures because those two-in-one hinges are inherently weaker than traditional clamshell hinges.
2: So what's the lesson here, that we should use laptops or that we should uh, use tablets?
1: Well, it sounds like Kevin's saying the two-in-ones are more of a headache when the hinges. Go bad, right? Right,
2: because everyone is using them as laptops essentially. Yeah. So, hmm. hmm. Laptops are still the way to go when you want to be uh, uh, doing serious work and you're, you know, in school.
1: You know, I was having a, a not an argument, a, discussion a a discussion with a friend who was talking i never use laptop anymore because i have my ipad and i was like yeah well what if you want to type and he goes well i have the keyboard and i'm like okay but what you're doing (laughs) is mimicking a laptop so i mean unless you're like for sure not using the keyboard a lot of the time that's you know you've replicated your laptop in several pieces which is great you know hey
2: listen that that (laughs) We sh- I think we should save it for a conversation <laughs> next week when I come back and we'll have a whole like we can make the whole show out of this and follow ups as well because people will write angry emails about that
1: so true, so true. All right. um fine. We'll say we'll 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 shelve this topic for one week. but thank you to you, Patrick Beja, for being with us today. Let folks know where they can keep up what you're gonna do the rest of the week. Uh
2: well, I'm always doing my shows, uh, some in French, some in English. Uh, Le Rendez-vous Tech is a French tech news show that you might enjoy if you speak the language. Um, so that's Le Rendez-vous Tech. You will know how to write it if you speak French. Uh, or if you enjoy gaming and speak English, you might be interested in pixels. Again, it's very easy. You just go to your podcast app and search for pixels. And uh, we covered a bunch of Gamescom news last week. So go check that out. It's really fun.
1: All right. Thanks also to our patrons. If you aren't a patron, considering becoming a patron, now is the time you get all sorts of great goodies. Become a DTNS member and get an ad-free RSS feed something you might like special episodes from the group Tom's got uh, his editor's desk now that he's back from vacation that's ramping up again Roger writes a weekly newsletter we do bonus episodes it is a fun time to be a patron and you can join now at patreon.com slash D T N S if you've got feedback for us our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com if you'd like to join us live we are live Monday through Friday 4 30 p.m. 2030 UTC find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com dot com slash live where we got scott johnson on the show i'm scooter lane thanks for watching Bye.
2: this show is part of the frog pants network frog pants network get more shows like this at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program
0: <laughs> hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget